Christmas. Y'all run out, Bird. Bobby, Greetings, heathens. Welcome to Hail Satan. This is the podcast exploring Satanism, culture, and life in general through the eyes of modern Satanists. My name is Joseph Rose. I'm a member of the finest congregation in all the land. We're called Satanic Delco, and we welcome members from anywhere in the world. If you want to learn a little bit more, visit satanicdelco.com. Today, I'm going to chat with Tori and learn a little bit about paganism. First, let's acknowledge a bunch of cool Satanists that have chosen to join the gang through Patreon. We've got Daniel, Rebecca, Rachel, Sawyer, Cynthia, Marina, Kiara, Christopher, Karina, Kobe, Brian, Kat, Levi, Zem, Claire, Grateful Abba, Solus, Caleb, Jesus, or Jesus, Jaybird, and Beaver. Thank you so much, guys. I know I always say thank you on here, but I need you all to know that I really do appreciate it so much. And your support means that we can keep doing this and reaching new people and making some great connections. So thank you very much. How about some listener mail? I don't always do it, but what the hell? Let me look at the inbox here. Mark wrote in on Facebook. He says, After listening to your last episode where you covered the values of outsider Satanism, I am left with a pretty energetic feeling. As someone who identified as a Satanist for years, I was left with a bit of a sour taste from the avoidance of community building by the Church of Satan members, not to mention the intolerance associated with might is right social Darwinism. At first, the Satanic Temple was pretty exciting. However, soon I realized that it's more of a political organization and throws out more lawsuits than the Church of Scientology. This concept of outsider Satanism and the values that you just hammered on the doors of both Church of Satan and TST feels like Satanism for adults. These are my initial thoughts, and I'm sure I have more thoughts, but I just need to sit with it more. Great job. This feels big. Thank you, Mark. And it does feel big. I can't tell you how much great feedback I've been getting on outsider Satanism. So the work will continue. It is on my mind much of the time. I have a message here from Uno Photo. They said, I've been listening since the beginning. I find more in common with outsider Satanism versus TST or Church of Satan. In many ways, it seems a lot more grounded. All that to say that your podcast poses great questions and is helping me and probably many others pinpoint the aspects of Satanism that can benefit our lives and self-development. Not to get all heavy, just lots of great food for thought. I love to hear that because I know that showing up one day to introduce a new sect of Satanism was going to be met with a ton of skepticism. And I welcome that. I think it's important. But it's really nice to find that a lot of people have their minds open to it, which is really all I ask. We'll do one more. Kevin emailed saying, 
I just wanted to reach out and say that I absolutely love your podcast. I've been listening to the podcast for about two months, and I must say, this podcast is the only one that gets me thinking critically and has such a diverse subject library. Full disclosure, I am a Satanist and a Republican, so a lot of topics brought up I naturally disagree with. However, I love the critical thinking that follows any topic brought up. Unfortunately, once I bring up to other members of TST that I'm a Republican, I get ridiculed and get told I'm not a true member, but this podcast still remains in my top three podcasts to listen to. First of all, Kevin, how fucking dare you? Top three? Who are these top two? Probably some comedian or true crime, perhaps, but thank you, seriously. I love thinking about people that represent the exception to a rule. And for whatever reasons, the corporate Satanism activist group has decided that Republicans can't be Satanists, which is, of course, false and ridiculous. And I'm saying this as a man who does not and never has identified as a Republican. You, sir, are an outsider. So welcome and thank you very much. If you have a moment, guys, please visit the website at HailSatanPodcast.com. You'll find links to join me on social media. There's a form on there to send me an email, which I encourage you to do. And there is a link to join up with us all on Patreon. We have a few different tiers to choose from over there with various benefits, including the amazing Greetings from Hell Satanic Postcard of the Month Club, which is going strong. That is the most direct way you can support me and this show if you'd like to do that. Visit HailSatanPodcast.com. All right. Until recently, I've never gone very deep into learning about paganism. Ever since high school, I've had friends and peers that identified as pagan or Wiccan, but it never felt like it was my thing, so I just never focused on it very much. As far as I could tell, it was mostly just for the girls that wore Doc Martens and smoked clove cigarettes, you know? But if you spend time in any group of Satanists, you're bound to bump into the word pagan pretty often. So I thought it might be a good time to give it a look and share a basic paganism 101 type of episode with everyone. That was the plan. However... Once I started reading and talking to a bunch of people about it, it became obvious that it was not going to go as planned. Almost every single person I spoke to about it had a different idea of what it is. There are seemingly infinite variations on what it means to be a pagan. So here's what I know for sure. Whatever information is shared on this episode is going to find some people out there who also identify as a pagan, who disagree with whatever version of paganism is described here. At the very start of researching this topic, I did a simple search to collect some definitions of paganism. I'll share those. First, I got two basic definitions from the dictionary. One, a religion other than one of the main world religions, specifically a non-Christian or pre-Christian religion. Two, a modern religious movement incorporating beliefs or practices from outside the main world religions, especially nature worship. 
And Wikipedia says, Paganism is a term first used in the 4th century by early Christians for people in the Roman Empire who practiced polytheism or ethnic religions other than Judaism. So, like Satanism, this term began with Christians using it to label others, perhaps in a derogatory way. During and after the Middle Ages, the term paganism was applied to any non-Christian religion, and the term presumed a belief in false gods. In the 19th century, paganism was adopted as a self-descriptor by members of various artistic groups inspired by the ancient world. And then in the 20th century, it came to be applied as a self-descriptor by practitioners of modern paganism, neo-pagan movements, and polytheistic reconstructionists, whatever the fuck they are. From all of that, we can gather that paganism is a broad term that encompasses a diverse range of spiritual and religious beliefs and practices that are generally characterized by a focus on nature and the worship of various gods and goddesses in some cases. Pagans have been broadly defined as anyone involved in any religious act, practice, or ceremony which is not Christian. Jews and Muslims also use the term to refer to anyone outside their religion. Paganism is a decentralized movement, and there is no single set of beliefs or practices shared by all pagans. As I mentioned earlier, there is a seemingly endless list of variations, and here are just a few of them. Paleopaganism, Civilopaganism, Mesopaganism, Syncretopaganism, Neopaganism, Modern Paganism, Secular Paganism, Naturalistic Paganism, Humanistic Paganism, I could go on and on. So now, I will give you a detailed breakdown of each and every one of those. I'm kidding. That would take the rest of my life. Rather than that, what I'm going to do is introduce our guest, and we'll get a picture of her experience with paganism and Satanism. Welcome to the show, Tori. Hi, thanks for having me. You got it. Thank you for doing this. Um, I want to get your story, and while we do that, maybe we can get some general paganism information mixed in there as well. Sound good? Okay, yeah, sounds great. Um, So for me, my first introduction to paganism in general was Wicca. Um, When I first learned about it, it was actually because I was seven or eight years old and my mom took me to Salem, Massachusetts and let me pick out whatever books I wanted. Um, And from there, I ended up in like the oldest witch shop in the country, which is very cool. It's called Crowhaven's Corner in Salem, Mass. And that's owned by a woman named Lori Cabot, who is a Wiccan. So there was a lot of um, Wiccan books in there. And that ended up being kind of what I fell into for the first about 10 years of my practice. So how old were you about then? So I started my year and a day study. So in Wicca, to consider yourself a Wiccan, you know, if you're trying to be fancy and traditional about it, uh, there is a year and a day of study that you're supposed to do before you are either um, initiated by a coven or you dedicate yourself. So I did that at eight years old. Eight years old, really? Uh, You know, I usually try to start roughly around the beginning. What role did religion have in your early life growing up, even though I guess eight is pretty early on? 
Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a pretty interesting household. Um, my mom is very like anti-religious. Um, she's definitely been burned by Christianity in the past. She was definitely concerned about me getting into any sort of uh, Christian faith growing up. So she was very like adamantly against that. And then on the other half, she got married to a man who was Catholic. Mm. And so I had like a lot of these like kind of back and forth things. I saw like a lot of the different ways that people practice, some ways in which religion makes people really happy, really unhappy. Um, and it just kind of made me want to look into it and find my own thing. I think as a young kid, the first thing I looked into, of course, is like Christianity and like capital G God, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and that didn't connect with me at all. But as an eight-year-old little girl, you know, love nature, animals are great, <laughs> take care of people. That all sounded perfect. Yeah. And so what was it that originally put any of that stuff on the map for you? What was your first exposure that made you say, oh, that's neat. I want to look at that. Well, I grew up in a cute little suburb and we had a lot of kids my age and they had parents. Uh, two of them were doing witchcraft and they were kind of open about it and they were practicing it in a way that the kids in the neighborhood knew about it. So that was my first exposure. The parents were? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, and you just sort of saw some of the stuff they were up to and found it interesting. Yeah. And they were like totally open if I asked them questions. And then my mom took me to Salem for my birthday because I was getting so interested. And from there, once I got my hands on some books, I, I just read a ton about it. And once you had first discovered it and, and dug in a little bit, what was so appealing about it to you? I think if you look at Wicca in particular, Wicca is like the really, really, it's the softest, sweetest, I think, version of um, all of the paganisms. It's actually, I was looking through the Wiccan read this morning a little bit because I wanted to just be able to like reference it to the tenants I'm talking to. Um, and the one, the big thing that they always emphasize with the read is, and harm ye none, do what ye will. Um, so a lot of people take that in a way where they don't eat meat, etc. Um, but for me, it was just kind of like, yeah, be good to other people, be kind to other people. Right. I, I just, yeah, it was a good jumping off spot to get involved with religion for me. I see. I talked earlier about the seemingly endless variations of paganism that exist out there. Yeah. And I guess for you, I was going to ask, was there a specific type of paganism that you aligned with? But I guess you fell into Wicca right from the beginning. Yep. And I, I would say that I, I did that probably for the first about 10 years of my practice. I was very into Wicca, but at the same time, I was getting more and more eclectic, which is like the word that people use in paganism when they're like, I am this faith, but I also grab a bunch of stuff from a bunch of other things. Right. Um, and then eventually my path just kind of turned into like eclectic neo-paganism, which is the very build your own faith approach to paganism, which reminds me a lot of Satanism, except with you know, spiritual beliefs and people are generally polytheistic or practice witchcraft in a, you know, non, not psychological way in like a legitimate kind of way where they, they feel that they're changing things with their action. Sure. Generally speaking, when someone says I'm a pagan, what do you suppose they typically mean by that? Or, or is there no typical response? I would say that paganism is like an umbrella term for like a bunch of different faiths. If I had to like give that like a loose definition, maybe like a collection of polytheistic faiths that revere nature and celebrate the changing of the seasons. Yeah, that seems the most constant. Yes. Yeah. 
There's a joke amongst pagans, though, that if you ask like 10 pagans in a room what being pagan means, you're going to get 10 different answers. Yeah, that is that is really what I've found. Everyone, uh, and again, I was coming into this, you know, with not a lot of experience or information at all. And almost the number of people I spoke to is about the same as the variations of paganism that I ran into. Yeah, I mean, there's probably so many that I've never even heard of, but off the top of my head, I can tell you like neo-paganism, Wicca, Astaru, Norse paganism, Germanic paganism, Celtic, uh, Hellenism or Greek polytheism, which people do argue back and forth about if you could even call that paganism. Sure. And yeah, the list goes on and on and on. Can you share some of the specific beliefs and practices that come along with your experience with it? Uh, I guess that would mostly be within Wicca or any of the other bits that you touched on. Okay, so within Wicca, we obviously have like the year and a day study, which I think is just kind of a way to like, you know, show people that they're dedicated and they're really into it. I initiated myself. I did most of myself and like I would be considered a solitary practitioner and not part of a coven. But if I was part of a coven in Wicca, they do have like degree systems and you have to like earn your way up different degrees until you get to like high priest or high priestess. And then you can actually have your own coven. They also believe in things like um, casting circles, like you cast a magic circle for protection. Um, so you do all of your ritual, like kind of within this space that you designate for the ritual. I guess there isn't anything that we could really compare to services or more traditional organized religious things. But did you have sort of recurring things that became a part of your routine? Oh, yeah, definitely the changing of the seasons. I think that's the biggest one, especially for people who are like more solitary in their traditions. Mm -hmm. So there's the wheel of the year and Wicca and also in neo-paganism. The wheel of the year is something that was um, created by Gerald Gardner, where he put together he's the like modern founder of Wicca. He's considered um, he pulled together a bunch of different um, holidays from different traditions and made them into one set of celebrations. So like you have. If you look at Yule and Astara, those are both have a Germanic influence. But we also have stuff like Imbolc, which is Celtic, Beltane, which is Celtic, Litha or slash Midsummer is also Celtic. And then like Logenstad, which is Gaelic. And you would observe all of these? Yes, I think that most people um, who are of a pagan faith do celebrate, at least in some way, um, the Wheel of the Year. Sure. This is maybe a little random, but I guess you did just touch on these a bit. Why does it seem like every holiday is said to have been a pagan holiday originally? You know, it's funny because some of them, even on the wheel of the year, people still like argue about like a lot of these do have, you know, pagan roots. Like if you look at Yule, Yule is Christmas. Um, I have heard, I don't know how accurate this is, but that the original coming of Christ in Christianity was in the spring and they changed it to be in December. Um, on the 25th, because that's when we celebrate the winter solstice on the 21st. Um, and they wanted to kind of like cover up some of that celebration. So I know that's that's one thing people say. Um, Stara is Easter. So they do some of the new traditions that people have. They do directly come from some of these older. Yeah, holidays. it always seems like almost anything that pops up on the Internet where it says, you know, this was just stolen from a pagan holiday. Because you're Googling pagan stuff now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know paganism is a very decentralized thing overall, but does community generally play much of a part, or is it usually more solitary? 
there's a lot of people who have a lot of community. Um, I think that if you look into traditions like Astaru, especially people get very um, community focused, like community based rituals are really important to that practice. So it's like the coming together is an important part of that. Um, with Wicca, with people in the covens, it is also I know with like Hellenism, it's also very important to come together. They have a lot of um, really interesting little rules and stuff for their practice. Is there a typical way that pagans tend to reconcile beliefs with science or is the concern for science just not really a big thing? You know, I think it really depends on the person. Part of my transition into Satanism from paganism was just like, you know, not believing in the magic stuff, not having, not believing in the gods, like the loss of faith stuff. But there's also a whole group of pagans now who are atheopagans. And so they really, they're very science-based. They care a lot about that. They don't believe in magic. They believe in doing ritual for the same reasons that Satanists believe in doing ritual. Um, So it, it really does vary so much. Right. And typically, I guess, within paganism or, or specifically within Wicca, when people refer to magic, you know, in Satanism, of course, we refer to magic a lot. I suppose that began with Anton LaVey. Uh, he loved magic. He talked and wrote about magic quite a bit. And there's always been a little bit of a debate about exactly which side of the fence did did Anton land on as far as what magic really is. On one hand, it's psychodrama, right? It's just controlling your environment. But on the other hand, there is like casting magical spells and uh, supernatural forces that may be at play and all of that. Oh, yes. And there's a whole set of things, um, especially within Wicca, like correspondences where days of the week are better for certain spells, Um, moon phases, like where the planets are, like they're looking into like so many specific things. Like um, if you look at the Wiccan read in particular, they actually a lot of it is just kind of funny rules for how to do ritual. And then in other parts of it, they come up with their things that make a lot of sense. But if you're looking at where science makes no sense in the read particularly, <laughs> we have stuff like cast the circle thrice about to keep the evil spirits out, to bind the spell every time, let the spell be spoke in rhyme. So they believe that if you want to have add power to a spell, instead of making words just words, if you want them to be witchcraft, rhyming them helps to like bind that all together. I see. I see. That is maybe akin to some of the specific things that Anton wrote in the Satanic Bible. Um, I definitely heard a lot of things when I was listening to your Satanic Bible episodes, because I haven't read them all myself, but I was like, oh yeah, they definitely were reading some Wicca stuff. Yeah, just, you know, the the woman who is the altar needs to be facing north or whatever, you know, just very, very specific things. Yeah, And your they, altar they can't have, be against the Western Wall or something. <laughs> Which feels like feng shui, but that feels like he totally grabbed that out of feng shui, not even like any sort of <laughs> yeah. some sort of witchcraft or anything. Yeah, with Anton, I think he tended to grab a lot of things from a lot of places and, yeah. and uh, you know, mix it all to his liking. I, I suppose tracing back the origin of all of those things is probably about impossible to do, right? It's very tricky. If you read into like kind of Raymond Buckland's background um, and Gerald Gardner's background, Gerald Gardner's like the the modern founder, but Raymond Buckland's also written a lot of things. Um, you can see, what did I pull up earlier? 
He was the author of more than 60 books, including best-selling titles like Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft. And he was involved for 50 years and he came from a Romani family. So he might have had some um, influence from that as well. Sure. And then Gerald Gardner, um, they have said that he has taken influences from people like Aleister Crowley for his work as well. Right. Yeah. Crowley uh, seemed to pop up with everybody a little bit. He really yeah. he really made a mark out there one way or another. <laughs> and Gerald Gardner, who founded Wicca, he was only alive between 1884 and 1964. And he didn't even get into any of this until after he was retired. Um, and then in his retirement, he met like a group of practitioners and he started practicing with them and then changing his own belief system or kind of forming his own belief system within that and then creating Wicca to kind of be like, okay, I pulled a little from this and a little from this and a little from this. And if you get all of that, you get exactly what I believe, which is his form of Wicca. Is that the beginning of Wicca or, or just his version? That is the first time that you see people talking about Wicca. Okay. Um, and when was and that? That was, let's see, the belief was dubbed Wicca by Gardner in 1954. Oh, really? 1954. I expected it to be earlier. Yeah, everybody expects that. But when you would talk about the pagan religions, Wicca in particular is very young. Gotcha. And it's also the jumping off point for a lot of people, because I think because it's so recent, there's a lot more books and stuff about it. You can really get your hands on stuff. Yeah. And I think in my experience growing up, that was probably the most common. I would hear Wicca thrown around and witchcraft generally pagan a little less so, but it was there. And I, I don't remember if at the time as like a teenager, I really knew to connect them or how to connect them. It, like I said, it just, it wasn't exactly my thing, but I certainly had some friends and peers that were involved in all of that. It was a thing that the goth leaning girls got into. I mean, it's nice. You go hang out outside in a field with your friends. You smoke some weed, you eat a bunch of snacks and you talk about the things you want to happen for your life. So yeah. it's a perfect teenage girl activity. Yeah. Yeah. Back then it was the clove cigarettes. I remember very often <laughs> for whatever reason that that became part of it. Um, so when did Satanism first show up and catch your attention? How did that happen? So when I started dating my partner, um, she's a Satanist. She's been a Satanist for years and years. Um, I kind of wanted to like just learn what she was talking about. I didn't really know what she was talking about. And she actually recommended your podcast. Oh. And I listened to the first like probably 10 episodes of the podcast with my head feeling like a bunch of marbles rolling around. And I was like, I have no idea what is going on. And then it felt like all of a sudden it, in like one second, everything clicked that you were talking about. And I was like, oh, I need to read a bunch of books right now. <laughs> and so your first exposure may have been the podcast. And then I imagine that directed you toward the satanic temple. Yes. And then I, I read a lot of TST stuff. Um, I'm almost done with right now. I've just been reading the book about the history of TST. That's been super interesting. Speak of the devil. Yes. yes. It's really good. And have you, have you gotten to dip into the Anton LaVey side of things or anything like that? A little bit. Hearing about his, uh, his nonsense is definitely a fun <laughs> hobby. Yeah. So I guess if we, we always sort of simplify the bulk of modern Satanism down to TST or Church of Satan. Uh, mm -hmm. And between those two, you lean the Satanic Temple. Yeah, I would say I lean more Satanic Temple, but I definitely joined Delco because I feel more um, 
mushy gushy in the middle and I'm still yeah. figuring things out a lot definitely like I have a lot of background in paganism where when I try to compare that to my new faith which is satanism I feel like I have such a little tiny baby amount of knowledge and so I just want to honestly read as much as I possibly can and, and keep learning stuff about it yeah that's the best way to do it I would suggest for someone who already identifies as pagan one way or another how do you see paganism and satanism overlapping and maybe what are some areas where they are incompatible well i think that there's a lot of ways in which i see them being incompatible if i want to tell other people how to practice their faith you know but i think that people are going to do whatever they want to do and even if stuff doesn't kind of make sense in the way that it was created to be done people are going to just like find a way in which they can make that work for themselves i was actually surprised within the group to talk to a lot of people and meet a lot of people who are aligned with some sort of pagan faith and Satanism, because for me, it was almost um, really cathartic and important for me to kind of like being a Satanist is like for me, fully rejecting all of those superstitious beliefs that I used to have. Yeah. Um, It's definitely been like really healing for me in that way. Um, But I think that for other people, it's really healing for them to just take a little bit of this and that and the other thing. Yeah, we definitely do get a mix of people in Satanic Delco, like you said. And when I posted up, I posted up, you know, some mentions about looking into this topic for the podcast. And so that started a bit of discussions and everybody was chiming in with, you know, their experience or their version or maybe just what they know about related to the topic. And it definitely was quite a variety of things. Yeah, I think when we're looking at like, you know, like eclectic Satanism, which I would argue that like, you know, the the current foundation of like outsider Satanism, what a lot of people in like Delco are practicing. Um, I think that that is that is very compatible with paganism, especially neo-paganism, because neo-paganism is the build your own, um, just like that's the build your own Satanism. So if people want to smush those together. Um, I think that if you would read on a paper and compare things side by side, there's definitely conflict, but I think that they're both so personal that they will work however people want to make them work for them. Yeah. And even from my, you know, very rudimentary understanding of the paganism stuff, generally, you mentioned there are people with beliefs in gods and goddesses, various deities, and Mm -hmm. then there are some groups of people who don't have that at all. Um, they, They don't use that. And in my basic knowledge, the only or the first thing, I guess, that would stand out as an incompatibility would be that type of thing, you know, a yeah. belief in actual deities or something like that. But aside from that, they do feel fairly compatible to me. Yeah, as long as uh, as th- that one piece can just be figured out for the person, the person themselves, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what does your Satanism look like now? Do you, um, you know, we we got that you're more aligned with the TST side or maybe falling into the middle outsider Satanism situation a bit. Do you do anything? Do you participate in ritual? Do you do anything that is sort of explicitly from the world of Satanism that you've incorporated into your life now? There are, when it comes to ritual, I'm still doing... um, 
more pagan type things for my satanic ritual. Sure. And I've also noticed with other people who I've seen who have done satanic ritual, it's very much comes from that. Um, it's just, I go about it a different way now because now I'm not thinking this is actually happening. I'm not thinking I'm like actually drawing money to myself, but I am thinking, okay, if I, if I make this little jar and I jingle it every day and I think about how I want to make more money, maybe I'll be more focused and I'll think about it more and I'll make better choices for myself yeah. um, aligned with my goal. It's just a reminder of a goal now. Um, And I also definitely have been taking things from the satanic Bible for just like self-care, self-help. The big thing with um, not compulsion. Uh, Indulgence without compulsion. Indulgence without compulsion. That has been a really, really big one for me. Um, You know, I grew up with parents who had a lot of substance abuse issues and I find myself on occasion smoking a little bit more weed than I maybe want to. And I'll just like say that to myself. And that honestly, since I became a Satanist, my, I can control myself so much better than I ever have because I'm like, I'm the boss. (laughs) Yeah. I really, I really think that's such an important part. Yeah. Yeah. The, the idea that, you know, you're in charge and also you're responsible yeah, there's this idea in a lot of pagan faiths where you have this path that you're put on, like things are going to fall in front of your face and that's what's meant for you. It's kind of like it takes a lot of personal power away. It takes a lot of choice away. And so like finding myself in Satanism, I'm feeling like, especially since I was involved since I was a kid, I'm feeling like the possibilities are more endless than they ever have been for me. Yeah, I do. I do think that Satanism is the most you can do it, do it yourself type of religion. It's nice to hear that. You know, it's nice to constantly be getting that kind of message instead of getting the message, whatever happens to you, you should just smile and deal with it. You know, it it was all just God's plan after all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We don't do much of that. Um, None of that. (laughs) Well, this is cool. Thank you for sharing this information. Before I let you go, do you have anything that, the people should know about paganism or Wicca that we haven't covered. I want to make sure that anything that is maybe obvious to you that newcomers might need to know and that I, that Um, I surely don't know. Okay. I mean, obvious one that I feel like you hear a lot of like pagan YouTubers, people specifically having to talk about all the time um, is that paganism, Wicca and witchcraft are all different words. Um, People can practice any form of paganism without being a witch. Uh, You can be a Christian and be a witch. There are people who do witchcraft with Bible verses. I'm not kidding you. Uh, So you can do literally whatever you want. (laughs) I now now want to find one of those people to have on the show. (laughs) Okay. So you're going to want to look into Appalachian folk magic. Okay. And that's how you're going to find someone for that. Wow. All right. (laughs) I think we... We covered mostly. I just wanted to be able to answer any of the questions you had. And of course, if anybody else has questions that come up and you want to email me, ask me anything else. I'm always happy to talk about this stuff. Yeah, definitely. If anybody listening has additional questions or, you know, things that are interesting to you on this topic, send them our way and and I can uh, maybe forward it over to you or just see who has a bit of an answer for it. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Do you have anything that you want to share with the audience a place where you can be found if you want to be found not everybody does but if you okay, do yeah I'll, I'll, I'll do a plug sure um yeah you can find me on instagram at daughter of demeter the o and of is a zero um and also daughter of demeter.com for my jewelry i make lots of art and jewelry based on um, nature things like real spider webs butterfly wings stuff like that yes i have seen your stuff in your shop and it is very fucking cool guys 
Thank you. Um, yeah, everybody go give that a look. And and I'll try to uh, put a link to that in the show notes also. And maybe uh, maybe a few people come your way. Awesome. That'd be so sweet. Thank you. You got it. So thank you very much, Tori. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. All right, guys. That's about all I've got for you today. Make sure to find Tori's links in the show notes. And if you've got a moment, please visit the website at HailSatanPodcast.com. I'd like for you to stay safe out there and hail Satan.